Ah, yes. Thank you, Danny Boy. Once again, the final from the Rogers Center. 6-3, Jays victory. They improved to 13-2 in the month of September and bounced back from the 2-0 loss yesterday. Tim McAuliffe, Jesse Rubinoff with a full Tim and Friends postgame show for you. No need to scoreboard watch. We actually have the Red Sox and M's for you. They are currently playing in the rubber of a three-game set in Seattle. We will get you some live looks as we go along. We've also been interacting with fans throughout the game on Twitter, so we'll get to all of your reaction in a bit, but we'll also get by with a little help from our friends. That's right, kids. The normal purveyors of the postgame, Jamie Campbell, Joe Siddle, will pop by in a flash to hold my hand throughout. This is fun. It's basically turned into a 20-game playoff down the stretch. The Jays began the day in a virtual tie with the Red Sox and the Yankees. So not only do we have a little Tim and Friends bonus coverage coming your way from Seattle where it is tied at three apiece, but in order to give you the absolute very best baseball coverage in the business, we're going to take you live to that game throughout the show and immediately following us, you've got the Yankees and the O's on Sportsnet. We've got you covered, kids. Case in point, if you miss the Jays and Rays, say... Coming home from a hard day's work, settle into the old lazy boy, lay the remote down. The Jays looking for their sixth straight series win with the rubber of a three-game set against what has in the past been their arch nemesis, the no longer pesky, just good Rays. 90-55 and 55 coming into today's action in the bigs. Roberto Clemente Day, that's right. A lot of folks rocking the legendary 21 of Roberto Clemente, including Vladimir Guerrero Jr., another absolute laser in the top of the first. Randy Arozarena doesn't know what to do with it. Very next batter, Bo Son of a Bichette. Another changeup, and he wallops it to left field, and it's gone. Toronto's Roberto Clemente Award nominee, 25th of the year, 3-0, he wasn't done. Meanwhile, Robbie Ray coming off his shortest outing of the year against the O's and Brandon Hyde looks sharp, including his major league leading 226 punch out. Top four after a leadoff double. Ray strikes out Nelson Cruz, then with two outs and a runner on third. Robbie, hotter than those pants must be. His eighth K of the game. Bottom of the fifth, runners in the corners, and Bo just muscles this out, beats it out, and it scores George Springer, who hustled to third before that play. Fifth RBI of the day, ties a career high. Next batter, J. Oscar Hernandez. He's got 103 RBI on the season. Jays have a 6-1 lead. Top seven now. Mike Zanino with a fly ball to center. Randall Gritchick playing boys to men. I'll make love to you like you want me to. And he will not let go. Diving grab takes away a hit. Ray loves it next batter. On his 101st pitch of the game, strikes out Jordan Lupul and the frame. Lefty goes seven innings, striking out 13. His 10th game of the season with 10 or more Ks. That leads the majors. It's the Jays' sixth straight series win. They improve to 19-8 and at the Rogers Center on the season, winning percentage of just over 
700, not half bad. Hazel May standing by with a man who finished with five RBIs on the day, Bo Bichette. Bobochet, congratulations. Big five RBIs in this afternoon's win. Michael Waka threw you back-to-back change-ups. How much did that first change-up help you time up that one-two pitch? Um, I think just knowing that I could get to it, even though the first one was way down, uh, you know, didn't make me think about it too much, and then I just got a better one to hit. But when you're getting results like you did this afternoon at the plate, what's going well for you? Uh, just being aggressive. Uh, I don't have a fear of failure. I'm just being aggressive, thinking about positive results, thinking about how I can impact the game, and that's it. Robbie Ray, I'm running out of nice things to say about the way he pitches out there on the mound. What can you tell me about what he's meant to this ball club? Yeah, he's been amazing. Um, every single day he goes out there, we got a chance to win. Um, we're struggling. He goes out there, we feel like it's going to change. So, uh, you know, he's been amazing. He's been an ace. He's, in my opinion, been the Cy Young this year. So uh, hopefully he gets it, but he's been amazing. Only fitting to have the Roberto Clemente nominee have a big day on Roberto Clemente Day. Congratulations. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you, Hazel. All right, guys. Bo Bichette and the Blue Jays take the series. Take two of three from the first place Tampa Bay Rays. Let's end it back to you. Thanks for sticking around, by the way. And thank you, Hazel May, and thank you, Bo Bichette. Uh, we've got you covered. Listen, this is a full post-game show going till 7 p.m. Eastern time when we hand it over to the Yankees and the O's. We'll give you live look-ins on the Bo Sox and Seattle from Seattle. That's a rubber of a three-game set. But uh, listen, we're just trying to hold down the fort for the guys who normally take you through a full post game, And they are joining me now from the Nome. It is Jamie Campbell and Joe Siddle. Gentlemen, thank you very much for doing this with me and holding my hand. Jamie, listen, you didn't have a chance to steal the broom from our studio this time. <laughs> but two out of three ain't bad. Can I just tell the audience something, and this is real. Yeah. We don't actually have a corn broom in your studio or anywhere near that building. I'm going to go out and actually buy one for the next Blue Jays road trip. There nice. is one here. So we'll settle that issue. I'm not coming back to your studio to steal your broom again. Anytime. Anytime. But two out of three ain't bad in this series, especially against a team as good as the Rays. You just quoted uh, Meatloaf, I think. You've. You dropped a boys to men on us earlier in the show, yeah. and now it's a two out of three. Yeah. The Blue Jays have now not lost a series, Joe, since in almost a month. Uh, the series they played here against Detroit, I think it was the 20th of August. That's the last time they've dropped a series. That's how serious this run has been. And, uh, I mean, you just heard from Bo Bichette. He's not even really the story of the game when you consider how well Rob, Robbie Ray. We kind of get tired of talking about Robbie Ray, don't we? We do. We were discussing this, Tim, during the game, and it's just like Robbie Ray being Robbie Ray. And, of course, he had that tough one last time out in Baltimore, a strange day all around with what was going on at Camden Yards and the Orioles. But you just had a feeling against this team, he matches up so well. This is a team that has a lot of swing and miss. They strike out a lot. They do hit the long ball, so that's what could get to Robbie Ray, but he just absolutely dominated him. The heater is one thing. The slider is next level, and I think it's, I don't want to say surprising, but when you see a power pitcher, it's power fastball, power slider, and sometimes we'll see on the broadcast, you'll see his delivery, and he almost turns his back to you a little bit, so there must be a lot of deception to go with a lot of the power because hitters clearly not catching up to the fastball and not on the slider. Just remarkable what he has been able to do, racking up 13 more strikeouts in this ball game. But 
When you're splitting a series, the first two games against the Tampa Bay Rays, the division leading Rays, and you have Ray on the mound, it has to feel pretty good for Charlie Montoya going out there today, and he performed. And you know, don't want to map things out too soon. We're not going to count the schedule down just yet. But if you move ahead five days from now, when Robbie Ray would pitch next, mm -hmm. and then five more days, he will line up for a wild card game. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's by accident. It'll be interesting to do what, see what they do, tweaking their rotation this weekend to maybe prepare for a game 163. But still, lots of work ahead. From Joe to Bo, Jamie, uh, it's interesting because yesterday Jesse and I were talking on set about all of the seasons that seem to be lost in the big bear paws of Vladimir Guerrero's uh, almost every other year MVP-like season, hmm. but not today. Bo Bichette came shining through uh, on Roberto Clemente Day, no less, as he is the nominee for the Jays for the Roberto Clemente Award. And richly deserved, by the way. You may not have read much about what Bichette does in his spare time, but it's extensive. And I believe his preference is to uh, do it without anybody really noticing. Um, I know he's involved with the Sunnybrook Hospital here in Toronto and countless other situations back home in the St. Petersburg, Florida area. But there's something that we marvel about Bo and I'm kind of looking forward to this team being in the postseason and maybe winning a wild card game or even a division series so I can see how he reacts to something like that with the goggles on and being in a <laughs> in a clubhouse full of, of beer spray and stuff like that because Joe he goes out and does the kind of things he does on the field with the bat with the glove and yet he's he's so soft-spoken <laughs> and so humble too. He is, and as I joked when he was just speaking with Hazel after the game right there, and I said, Bo is probably the best I have ever heard at not really answering your question. And I say that in all due respect because he's not going to tip you off on what he's thinking up there. He's not going to tell the other team what his mindset is. And I had a little something going on post game where I was talking to Jamie about how I feel like Bo is, it seems like a guy that sits soft and he seems to sit spin, whether it's break a ball or change up, he sits soft. If he gets fastball, he's so darn good that he can still react to it, whether he's fouling it off to the right side or he's driving a sacrifice fly to right field or he's muscling a ball, as you described him, up the middle for an RBI single. He can handle both and it's remarkable because it takes a very good swing and I keep going back to the word athleticism. He just seems like a bit of a freak of nature what he can do with his body to get in the position he does and do the things he does at the plate. Mm. Joe, you and I had this running conversation throughout the year about Bo's defense. And I've asked this question of numerous baseball analysts along the years. Can you learn to play the game at the major league level? Have we just seen Bo Bichette learn to play at least a better defensive game at the major league level? I think we're totally seeing it right before our eyes. Absolutely. He's, he is a different shortstop, I think, today than he was even a month ago, two mm -hmm. months ago. And there is still that little hiccup where when he gets a little stagnant, he'll field that ground ball, and it almost becomes a little bit too robotic. And I don't think it's on purpose. Sometimes you receive a ball, and it just kind of catches you. But what I had noticed over the last couple of months is he's trying to move a little bit more. And when you watch him play the game, again, I go back to that word, athleticism when he's leading off first base when he's leading off second base his feet are moving he's always moving we've heard about his tennis background as a kid and it's almost as though he's on a tennis court on the baseball field and I think that's when he is at his best 
at shortstop when the feet are moving. Don't get caught flat-footed. Don't get caught stagnant. And when he's in perpetual motion, and you remember Troy Tulowitzki just a few years back, there's that motion that he seems to be more comfortable. And if that works, great. But now you've got to make sure you can handle the routine play as well. But, Tim, I think he's one of several young players on this team. If you look at the subtleties, subtleties of the way they're playing the game that are learning on the job in the major leagues, and I think based on some of the things you're seeing and saying, Alejandro Kirk might fit that mold too because of yeah. some of the issues that we saw with him defensively early in the season. One knee down wasn't working. You don't see that much anymore from him anymore. He seems to be a more competent catcher defensively. He's much better. This play today, Tim, was remarkable. Tabby made a great observation on the broadcast, and I had to follow it up in our update in the fourth inning because... As a catcher, when you see this ball go in the air, your first thing, this is a tough play. It's a tricky play, but he has the time and energy and intuition to say, Robbie, you get the plate, I'll go over there, and to still go get that. That's not a routine play at all because when it's hit, you're not sure if that's going to be by the on-deck circle, if it's going to be over by the railing of the dugout. But to take his eye off the ball, up in the air, tell his pitcher to cover home, and that, that's just tremendous responsibility yeah. to, to know to do that. So it seems like a silly little thing, but that type of play tells me that he is growing as a catcher. He is understanding the game a little bit better and getting more comfortable behind the plate because we remember when he got called up last year, he was young. He had played in high A ball for crying out loud, right? Mm -hmm. And to be able to come to the big leagues and contribute is wonderful. What a great point. What a great catch by the entire crew uh, seeing that mm -hmm. from Alejandro Kirk. All right, Jamie, I know you – the, the beauty – like – the thing that I love about listening to you is I know that you've been there. I know you were there at Exhibition Stadium. I know you were sitting in the bleachers uh, waiting for home run balls and batting practice like I did back in the day where you couldn't even see the balls over the fence. They were just flying over and you were waiting for them to come. Yeah. When Vladdy hit another laser today, it reminded me of just how special this season. Like Randy Arena was caught completely flat-footed because he thought there's no way this ball is going to get over my head and lo and behold it did what we're seeing from Vladdy if we go through those days at Exhibition Stadium George Bell in 87 on through Carlos Delgado and Jose Batista and, and Josh Donaldson where do you think this season ranks and just the wow factor of it all with respect to what this young man is doing I don't recall since 1977 a player that came up and had the kind of impact, and I mean MVP caliber, and let's be totally frank about this, if Shohei Otani is not currently pitching and hitting in the major leagues <laughs> right now, this is your American League most valuable player, and who knows, he may well be still. I don't remember an impact like this so quickly, so suddenly. I recall after watching the two doubles as you look at some of his numbers here the two doubles he hit today I'll never forget a conversation with a pitcher by the name of Adam Lowen from Surrey British Columbia some of you might remember him he was talking about this kid in the Orioles camp that they were really high on named Nick Markakis and Owen said or Lowen said when you see him in batting practice listen to the way he contacts the ball and I didn't really understand Joe what he meant those two doubles today, <laughs> you and I sit here, we've got a great perspective. There's a different sound to the way he connects the baseball. And that story right there when referring to the sound off the bat is, you remember when Vladdy first got called up and the 
batting practice was being recorded and it was online, it was everywhere, but there were a lot of people standing around that batting cage and I think some lay people, people that that, that just around trying to understand this game, they were they were understanding that it, it did sound a little bit different and that's what it does. You'll hear a lot of baseball players say that. In fact, some players will say it to others, like I wish the bat ball could sound like that off my bat, <laughs> but that's what it does with Vladdy. He is a special, special talent. We're seeing it right before our eyes. And when you put up the numbers and just some of the exit velocities we're seeing too, and we saw it yeah. again today, but he is just continuously pounding the baseball. And when you hit the ball hard, usually you get good results. And uh, it, it's been something to see. What's probably more impressive to me is how he continues to adjust to the league because the league is trying to adjust to him. They're trying to figure him out. And what we're seeing is a mix. They come in with the heater, then they'll go off speed and they go back and forth. They'll try to come in, then they'll go away. So he's almost getting the full mix of, of pitches from all the different teams, but he continues to kind of answer it. And that's what's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it is remarkable. And we see all the stats. We talk about the Triple Crown. There's a Tim McAuliffe stat. It's called Chuckles Per 60. It's the amount of times <laughs> that a big leaguer can make me laugh with what he does in 60 minutes. And Vladimir Guerrero, like when he hit that ball and Randy Orezarena froze, like I just laughed. Like yes. that's a major league player being forced to do that. Uh, one more on, on Robbie Ray. Uh, are we watching, Jamie, the... AL Cy Young Award winner. That's his 22nd quality start. That leads yep. the league. He leads the league in ERA. That's his 10th game with 10 or more Ks, breaking a tie with Garrett Cole for the most in the bigs. Like every step we see, and by the way, bouncing back from that interaction with Brandon Hyde, a pretty good outing. Here's the issue, right? The Cy Young Award is voted on by the BBWA, the Writers Association, if I'm not mistaken more of them would have seen Garrett Cole primetime television I guess in the United States mm. you know every you're not telling me there's a Yankee bias every, or a New I'm York not saying there's no. a Yankee bias I'm saying I there might. is I might. you know <laughs> and we all in Canada might be victims of this we see Vladdy every day right. we don't see Shohei Otani every day so yeah. we lean towards what Guerrero is junior but that guy number 38 the pants as I call him <laughs> now has more strikeouts than Cole, but I think if Cole gets nine his next outing, he'll then pass him. Better earned run average. There's, there's no reason why number 38 couldn't win the Cy Young Award. There's no reason why he couldn't, and I think this could almost go down to the end. It could really mm -hmm. matter how these guys pitched their last few starts of the season, and uh, Robbie Ray certainly helped his cause today, but Garrett Cole will take the ball in a few more days and probably replicate what he's been doing. So it's going to be great, fun to watch, and uh, wouldn't it be real fun if they see the Yankees in October? It would be. Uh, this is just, it feels like almost better than the playoffs. We've got basically a 20-game playoff right down to the end. Could end up having four straight games at the end of the year that could be basically win or go home. This is a ton of fun, and I know it's a day off for both the Jays and you guys tomorrow. So we really appreciate you sticking around. And, Jamie, anytime you want to come into this studio and take this broom, you hey, are more than welcome. I appreciate right. it. I don't have a broom to throw your way, but I have a son to throw your hey. way. Look, look at the retro jersey he wore today. Nice. Love so it. So it's Tim and friends and friends' sons. Nice. Well, friends' sons just got... Double horns. <laughs> Love it. Uh, it's a family affair always. Uh, Joe knows that all too well because every time I bring my boy down, we come down and say hi to you guys. So we appreciate you doing the same. Thanks for sticking around. Really appreciate it. Go enjoy the evening with your, uh, with your families.
Good to see you, Tim. Tim. There is Joe Siddle, Jamie Campbell from the Rogers Center, uh, where the Jays, once again, if you missed it, 6-3 winners, they take the rubber. Not quite the sweep, mm. but they take the rubber of a three-game set against the uh, pesky Rays. Jesse Rubinoff in studio with me, and we've been live-tweeting this game oh, yeah. basically throughout um, Tim and Friends, if nothing else, live and interactive. Jesse, it looked like it went well. Yes, it did go well, and I, I just want to focus on what we tweeted out. We said, we're watching Rays Jays with you, and we will be live on Sportsman as soon as it ends, which is what we're doing right now. Polls and more questions coming. Tim and I will be reading some replies on the show. So we teed it up for you, and then we sent out a couple tweets as the game was happening, and Timmy, i got to say we might have stumbled into something here because it okay. seemed like the Tim and Friends viewers were enjoying having the Tim and Friends voice out there while the game was happening. Nice. So let's go through a couple of the tweets that we sent out and a couple of the replies that we got. Good idea. So we said, uh, Blue Jays trainers helping Robbie Ray out of his pants <laughs> after every start with a little Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one go out. And yeah. listen, for those that are just joining us, I can't tweet out during the show. Uh, we talk about the voice, but there are several people that work on this team yes. who are wonderfully talented. And I'm laughing at that because I hadn't seen it. So once again, <laughs> the double, another double horns. I, Why not on a day like today? Jays yeah. get the victory. So we tweeted that out. And a lot of good responses, as you would expect. Jake says, everybody's talking about a tight pants. I got, got my tight, tight pants. You got my tight, tight pants, pants on. on. Nice. So we both know it. That's huge. That's a big win for us. <laughs> Mary says, Robbie Ray is as good as a pitcher as tight pants or as... Okay, hold on. Let me nope. try it again. Got Robbie it. Take Ray two. Not live TV. is oh, as sorry, good it is a pitcher yeah. as tight as his pants are. I, I think, got it, Mary. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. There it takes a while. Extra, it's no, not no, no. easy. No, no. It might be an extra as in there in that sentence, but we get the gist of it. Right. Like he's as his good a pitcher as his pants are tight. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, I wore some tight pants myself, too. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, what? I don't, I don't need. I don't think you need to. Well, okay, fine. Like, Kathy okay. says, yep, he's known as Robbie Tight Pants in our home. I'm sure, Kathy, you're not alone in that. A lot of Jays fans probably using that nickname for him. And uh, TLD says his tight pants are what makes him grunt. <laughs> Maybe. By the way, if we're making all these tight pants references, don't forget to go out and buy the shirt because it all goes to Jay's care. So let's throw that in there while we're talking about the tight pants. Yeah, so all I meant with my tight pants is I knew Robbie Ray was pitching. I accidentally washed my jeans. And they're super tight now. It so, just happens to be on a day that Robbie Ray's pitching. I don't I, know. When you brought that up, and, and listen, I didn't mean to walk all over you and suggest that I didn't want to see the tight pants. Were you willing to get up and model them? Because I don't know if you've ever really gotten up from that chair. Like, I, ha you know? I have. I have. Well, I actually was sleeping Are the they, other day. And this, yeah, that's yeah. true, too. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, they, maybe they don't look so tight, but... Well, they're, they're like, slimming. Yeah. No, around yeah. The, like, the thigh, yeah, the yeah. thigh area is where it really gets you. Right. Well, you, you just... Yeah, and I mean... You're the young guy on the show. I just, I feel like you're hipster. But right? I took yeah. them, here's the thing. I took them out of the wash, mm -hmm. and I knew Robbie Ray was pitching, and I was like, well, I can you know try what? and fit into this that. This fits. I'm go exactly. Get it? Yeah, very good. Right. Uh, okay, so let's get to another tweet here, because we sent out a bunch, not just the Seinfeld one. Uh, right. Bo Bichette, big day for him. Two for three, five, five RBI. RBI. Now he's up to 93 RBI in the season, so we asked, is his performance getting lost amongst all the other great ones on the team? Because as we've seen over the season, and particularly over the last month, there have been some standout performances in this lineup. Jorge says, killers move in silence. I still recognize his hustle and hard work he's put in on the field. And with the bat, we might have six guys with 100 RBIs by the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, it's amazing. And real bad boys point. do move in silence. Yes. And that is 
someone who moves in silence. No doubt. Douglas says, because of all the great years the Jays are having, could be one reason Vladdy might not win the MVP award yeah. this year. Which that is- weighs into it. I think uh, Marcus Simeon might steal a couple votes yes. from Vladdy. I don't think, honestly, I know Sid Sixero tweeted out earlier today that it was Vladdy's. It's not. Shohei Otani's winning the award. Yes. He's yes. doing better than Babe Ruth did. I mean, that's pretty much all you have to say. Yeah. Andrew says, yes, and that's a good thing. Means our team is playing great ball. That's correct. Very good. I like that one a lot. McPhoenix says, nah, man, we're noticing every guy on this Jays team are getting notice MLB-wide. And that's sort of what happens as they've gotten steam here. You've seen the American writers start to tweet about the Jays. Things are happening. Do you think Teoscar Hernandez gets enough credit for what he's doing this year? No, I don't. don't. He's tied for the... He went to the All-Star game. Yes, but he's tied for the the team lead in RBIs. Now, Vladdy gets up to the RBI lead, which would help his triple crown cause. Obviously, he could... Teoscar Hernandez could end up being the one that's standing between... Flatting in a imagine, triple imagine crown that. at the end of the day, which is so ridiculous. But he's also hitting for average. Yeah, it's, it's like it's unbelievable what Teoscar is. It's, it's unbelievable what the Jays' offense is doing, and all this comes from be, comes from the idea that this offense is playing yes. so well. But Teoscar, I, if we were to rank the most underrated parts of this lineup, I think Teoscar might be that guy. Like, like it's unbelievable. Three oh six. Now. Crazy. Three oh six on the year. 357, and as you see, you know, Vladdy Guerrero is the triple crown watch, but there's Teoscar in RBIs, there's Teoscar in average. It's amazing. It's like if you remove Vladdy from the MVP's situation, Mm -hmm. then Simeon and Teoscar probably get a vote. If you then remove Simeon, then Teoscar would probably get a ton of MVP votes, and that's just the way it's shook down so far for the Jays. They have contributions all throughout the line. Jays currently a half game up on both the Bo Sox and the Yankees, and we've got you covered. The Jays' feel-good vibes continue. Another series win. They're sixth straight. More Jays post-game coverage as Ben Nicholson-Smith joins us next. And we keep an eye on the Red Sox and Mariners right here on this special post-game edition of Tim and Friends. Jays looking to jump on Waka and the Rays early. Another changeup and he wallops it to left field and it's gone. He was all over it. Three to nothing Blue Jays. Up the middle. Bichette beats it out for an infield hit. And he's now driven in five runs. The bats are going and Robbie Ray's doing his thing on the bat. 13th strikeout. Ray has struck out every batter in the Rays lineup. This is the Robbie Ray we have seen all season long. He's been unbelievable. Welcome back. Another incredible day from Robbie Ray. 13K, second time this afternoon. One short of his season high as he continues to make a case for the Cy Young Award in the American League. Here's the Jays starter on today's performance. You know, I work on all my pitches going into every game. Uh, it just seems like every time I go into the game, the fastball is electric. The slider is really good, and they, they play really well off of each other. I feel like my slider is a – it comes out looking like my fastball, and, it, and then it's gone. So I feel like just being able to, uh, you know, come into the game with all my pitches, but then know when it's time to focus on those two pitches, when things are going really well, um, I feel like I've done a good job with that. He's just in attack mode all the time. Um, He's super fun to play behind. He's aggressive. Um, he's not scared of anybody. He's fearless. Um, 
you know, he just attacks guys. Obviously, he's got great stuff, but his mindset and approach and everything, he's, you know, he's no fear, which is, you know, awesome for everybody to see and learn from, too. Yeah, it just must be that the uh, Baltimore Orioles have his number. His two shortest outings of the year, four and a third, coming against the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, Brandon Hyde must have nothing to hide in any way, shape, or form. Oh, 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 oh. That brings me to a tweet. Oh, Jesse jumping in with a tweet here. Today, the best Ray on the field played for the Blue Jays. Ooh. I just wanted to follow up on your little play on words there. Who did that? Archulette. Yes, Archulette. You get yourself some horns here on Tim and Friends. Uh, Robbie Ray, the best Ray on the field, uh, coming off that interaction with Brandon Hyde. 13 Ks, seven innings, one run ball, his 22nd quality start on the season. All right, here's what's going on in this edition of Tim and Friends. We are taking you up to the top of the hour when the Yankees and the O's take over. Yankees now half game back of the Jays. Currently, the Red Sox also a half game back of the Jays. They are playing in Seattle as we speak. They are tied at three and currently doing a Portland Trailblazers basketball promo. So we won't tell you what's going on there. Instead, we will bring in our friend Ben Nicholson-Smith, who joins us to talk a little Blue Jays baseball. And Ben, let's be honest, uh, scoreboard watching, actually watching, I feel, I'm not going to say it's better than the playoffs, but what we've got now with these basically three teams, I don't want to disrespect, this is a huge game for Seattle tonight, but we've got basically like a 20-game stretch of playoff-like baseball. Oh, yeah. It's an incredible stretch for the American League East. I mean, every night there's so many stakes. Everything matters. Every decision is amplified to the point that, you know, Charlie Montoyo decides not to pinch hit for Reese McGuire. And, you know, all of a sudden everyone everyone starts debating that, which really, if you zoom out, is a good thing. You want people to care about those little decisions. You want them to care about what's happening with the team. And, and that, of course, is the case right now. And, and for these three teams, one of them is going to be knocked out. Two of them are going to play for the right to face the Rays, so it really sets up a, a really entertaining few weeks here. And hopefully an entertaining day right here on Sportsnet because uh, we'll be taking live look-ins. Right now, Boston has man on first, again, tied at three in the top of the seventh, one away. Ben and I are going to talk a little Blue Jays baseball, mix in some Yankees and Orioles with the mix on the Bow Sox and the M's. But I want to start with Ricky Ray here, Ben, and Robbie. I did it again. I call him Ricky Ray all the time because I had Ricky Romero in studio one day and my mind is absolute mush. Okay, Robbie Ray uh, and the performance that we saw from him once again bouncing back from his shortest outing of the year in Baltimore. What are his chances at an AL Cy Young right now? I think they're really good. And both good left-handers, by the way, Ricky Romero and Robbie Ray. So I I see the similarity there. But uh, but yeah, Robbie Ray right now, he is in a great spot. And I think you look at the innings, which for me, that's that's it. I voted on Cy Young before. I look at innings very, I I think it's a huge variable for for starting pitchers because that's the role of a starting pitcher. And and so Ray right now, he's up by 14. You know, that's that's not insignificant when they have very similar ERAs. Their strikeout numbers are both great. So, you know, I don't know how voters are going to respond. Clearly, we have time left. So, you know, this can go either way before the end of the season. But I think Ray might have a small edge right now over Garrett Cole. It's funny because um, obviously Robbie Ray 
uh, would be who you gave the ball to for the first game of any sort of playoff series, be it wild card or beyond. But we're starting to see the Jays lining up the rotation a little bit here. It's not just for the wild card. It's also for these important games coming up here. And I noticed the TBA on Sunday. Can we figure out how this is going to shake down for the Jays? I think they're trying to do that right now. (laughs) So, you know, we can certainly try our best. And, you know, I think that they clearly have three starters they trust right now a lot. And Barrios, who sounds like he avoided a more serious injury. That's obviously a great thing for the Blue Jays. He's planning to make his next start. So you got Barrios, Manoa, Ray. I think if any of those guys are starting a must-win or playoff game for you, like you're pretty happy about that. Now, Mats has done great as a fifth starter. Still probably would be a a next tier down from that top three. And then Ryu. I mean, he's going on Friday. It's going to be really interesting to see how he can rebound or whether he can rebound against the Twins. Because right now, in our last 18 starts, his ERA is close to five. It hasn't been good. And so the trust factor, whether the Jays say it or not, and of course they're not going to say this, Mm -hmm. but the trust can't fully be there with Ryu right now. So Ryu Friday, Matt Saturday. Sunday was supposed to be Manoa's spot. Uh, Hearing speculation, it could be Barrios uh, Barrios on Sunday which would put Manoa to face the Rays on Monday. And yesterday ran the numbers after another really good start against the Rays. Manoa in three starts versus Tampa this season, 2-1, 0-96 ERA, 0-5-9 whip in those three starts, and the opponent's average of 109. Could, could that be how it shakes down, that maybe the TBA is to push Manoa back a day to face the Rays? Yeah, I see that as a possibility for sure. And it's funny, you know, you talk about Manoa and matchups and who he matches well against. Mm -hmm. And he is dominated right-handed hitters this year. And the Rays, of course, a team that can throw anything and everything at you. Lefties, righties, switch hitters. But if I'm the Jays looking at the Yankees and how right-handed their lineup is, I know they've added, obviously, Gallo and Rizzo to balance it out a little bit. But still, to beat the Yankees, you have to beat those right-handed bats. Manoa has absolutely dominated against that group of hitters. So, you know, he's a guy, and obviously he's good against everybody, but he's a guy that you could look to to match up against the Yankees potentially too, um, depending on how the schedule plays out. So let's talk about uh, a stat that jumped out at me before the game, and I, I haven't got it updated after the game, but it remains a fact. The Toronto Blue Jays have the best starters ERA since the All-Star break. If I had told you that before the season, what would you have done to me? I, I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, it's it's just, it's hard to fathom, right? We knew this team was going to hit, and they're hitting, so that's not a surprise. But to be this good, like, it's not even just, like, they're hanging around and keeping this team in the game. They are, you can see it right there. They are as good as it gets since the All-Star break. And there's been so much consistency, too. You know, like, they, they haven't had these stretches where you're trying to patch it together. You know, you're trying to figure out who you can call up. Thomas Hatch started one game for this team in a doubleheader. I don't think anyone else has even had to join that rotation in the second half. All right, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Jose Barrios because uh, Puerto Rican on, uh, on Roberto Clemente Day, looks like we caught a little bit of a break if you're a Jays fan. A hundred percent. And he's been so good. I mean, there was a little blip there. But he has recovered. He's pitching really well right now. And this guy is a number two starter. He's been that for his entire career. And you've got Robbie Ray as your ace. 
So to have Barrios as a number two to go into a playoff series or to pitch on the final day of the season in a play-in game, a playoff game, whatever the case, he is a great pitcher for those uh, situations. He's been there before. And to have him fully healthy, which it appears he is, it is huge because anytime you hear abdominal, you kind of start thinking oblique and that is never good for a baseball player. So seems as though the Jays have dodged a more serious concern. Uh, interesting spot. Seattle, basically a massive game for them. They lose this. They will be behind the eight ball. And it's neck and neck as the as the Red Sox turn down the stretch. They've got three against Baltimore and then two against the Mets before facing the New York Yankees. And they seem like they might get a little healthier for this stretch run, too, no? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of funny how once the Blue Jays vaulted ahead of the A's and Mariners, I think a lot of Blue Jays fans and people following the team, and I'll, I'll admit that I would put myself in this group, kind of stopped following the Mariners and A's as closely because the Jays obviously just moved right past the A's, and, and the Mariners, I think, were an inferior team, but they're hanging around. Do you think the Red Sox are in the most trouble of the three ALS teams? For sure. I, I do think so. I mean, you look at the COVID stuff that they've battled. I also think the Jays and Yankees are just better teams. And if it came down to it, like if it was the final day of the season and you had to win to stay in to keep your hopes alive, I would have a lot of faith in Robbie Ray or Garrett Cole. Chris Sale, you know, he just missed time on the COVID IL. Otherwise, I don't know who the Red Sox go to. So I think if it really came down to it, the Jays and Yankees would be best positioned to win a winner-take-all game. Uh, and I think the Jays, in a wild card spot, if they had their druthers, would love to be at home. They were 10 and 11 in Dunedin, 12 and 11 in Buffalo, and just improved to 19 and 8 at the Rogers Center in Toronto. Benny, love you stopping by and watching some baseball with us. My pleasure. And I will say, I did predict before the season that the Blue Jays would host the wild card game in Toronto. So if it comes true, then I will have uh, a rare, correct prediction to, to hold up. I was going to give you the horns, and then you know what? I, I took my hand off. When it comes, if it comes, there will be horns waiting for you, Mr. Nicholson-Smith. I look forward to it. <laughs> there is Ben Nicholson-Smith. You can follow him on Twitter or the At The Letters podcast with his friend Arden Swilling. Thanks for doing this, as always. Anytime. All right, this is Roberto Clemente Day across the major leagues. You saw a lot of Toronto Blue Jays wearing the number 21 to honor the man who played 18 years in the majors and, of course, tragically died in a plane crash en route to help deliver aid after an earthquake in Nicaragua. The Puerto Rican native was the first Latin American ball player enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Every year, the Roberto Clemente Award goes to the player who best exemplifies the game of baseball, sportsmanship, community involvement, and individual contributions to the team. Jays manager Charlie Montoyo, also from Puerto Rico, spoke about Clemente earlier today. I guess so many teachers of Clemente because I, I'm proud of who he was, you know, and, and Puerto Rican, and, and, and hopefully someday uh, MLB will retire his jersey. That'd be great. Well, I remember when I was a kid, I went from my small town called Florida. We drove two hours to San Juan. He, he was hosting a clinic, and, and I got to see him. It actually rained out, but I still got to see him. It was like it was, I was in awe, you know, because he was our, our hero. Every Puerto Rican wears their 21 in their bag because we're, we're so proud of him, and, and we, we, we wanna, I want to follow in his steps. 
If Jackie's number is retired, perhaps Roberto should be next. And kids, if you do not know the story of Roberto Clemente, definitely worth a Google. As we grow to break, let's hear from Clemente himself. His final TV interview, Bafik 3-3, top of the eighth. We'll be watching that closely. So AL Cy Young Award comes out of the mouth of Dan Shulman, Jesse Rubinoff. I've been saying for most of the year, Shohei Otani is an absolute lock to win the MVP. But earlier this week, you know, I was offered a buyout on my <laughs> bet for Shohei Otani for MVP. And it was basically 90% of what I would have cashed out, maybe 95% of what I would have cashed out had I let it go. Mm. Vladdy made me a little bit nervous and got me to cash that out. Because he's threatening to win, oh, I don't know, the MLB Triple Crown. Yes. Not just the AL Triple Crown, yeah. but the MLB Triple Crown. So, Vladdy's certainly starting to get a little bit of buzz. The odds are still very much stacked in Shohei's favor. It seemed Correct. like the baseball world kind of decided the AL MVP was going to go to Shohei earlier this year when he started mashing home runs when and he started pitching being really Babe well. Ruth? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but what I will say is we have a tweet from former Major League GM of the Nats, uh, the Nats, and I think the Phillies. I'm going to double check that. But Jim Bowden. Bowden. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Here's how I view, sorry, the Reds and Nats. Here's how I view the MLB MVP and Cy Young Award races. And if you look at the top there, Timmy. Wow. AL MVP, Vladimir Guerrero, number one. Shohei Otani, number two. AL Cy Young, Robbie Ray, one. Garrett Cole, number two. So we don't have to talk about the NL ones. But that is very significant when you talk about just the amount of attention that Shohei has commanded all season long. But here we are in September, and Vladimir Guerrero is doing things yeah. that we also haven't seen in a very long time. And he's starting to get a little bit of attention south of the border. If, if he gets the triple crown in the AL, he'd be the first since 2012. Miguel Cabrera mm -hmm. did it for the context around this. If he ended up... Um, getting the Major League Triple Crown. He'd be the first since Mickey Mantle to do it. And the list of players to have a Major League Triple Crown in their back pocket is the absolute who's who of hitters. Mm. But I'll go back to this. And listen, any other year, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the MVP. And keep in mind, I cashed out my bet because I'm nervous. <laughs> But Shohei Otani is not only doing something we haven't seen in 100 years, it was only Babe Ruth to do what Shohei Otani is doing, and Shohei Otani is doing it better than even the Babe did it. Like, it's just unfortunate for Vladdy that this is the year where you got what everyone thought would yeah. never happen again. It's absolutely bad timing, but you know how I talked about the live blog, sort of, so to speak, that we had yes. uh, during the Blue Jay game. Yeah, so live one of the tweets throughout the game. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the tweets that we had sent out, we know Shohei is doing things that have never been done, but come on, let's talk about Vladdy for a second. Mm -hmm. So a lot of responses trickly in when it comes to the debate between Shohei and Vladdy. Okay. Patrick says, if the Jays make the playoffs, I just don't see how you give the MVP to Shohei. I know he is doing incredible things, but how valuable are you if with or without that player in the lineup, they are still a non-playoff team? That is one argument in Vladdy's favor. Uh, this one, this might be one of the best debates in the MLB in quite some time. I bet they couldn't be happier. Vladdy gets my vote, though, for what it's worth. Jason Lego? says, 
I think Shohei is getting too much love. His pitching stats are average. The way Vladdy has shown up this year with the bats and infield, he deserved more recognition from the voters. Not trying to sound like a homer. Important to point that out. Come on. Hold on a second here. mm. Hold on. Can I stop for just one second here? He's doing something no one has ever done before. Like, let's not minimize just for the case of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm -hmm. Vladdy is having an unbelievable season. Putting Putting it in context is unbelievable. But come on, man. You can't diminish what Shohei Otani is doing. No one can do this. Nobody on planet Earth can do what Shohei Otani is doing. Uh, so <laughs> your former co-host, who sat right over there, decided to weigh in on the debate. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, if Vladdy Jr. wins the Triple Crown and Jays make the playoffs, he's the American League MVP. I'm sorry, it's him. But if you look just a little bit under that. I love first response. Jeff Passan, who was on the show yesterday and made his opinion very much clear, response to Sid, it's not, and I'm not sorry. So you know where Jeff stands, you know where Sid stands. Well, Sid's Canadian, so he had to say I'm sorry with the massively wild hot take. Yes. And Passan, who does this for a living, says it's not. Like, Passan was on, if you missed it yesterday, Jeff Passan, who is one of the best baseball insiders in the game, one of the best baseball writers in the game, uh, was basically saying there's absolutely no shot, no matter what Vladimir Guerrero does, because Shohei is such a unicorn. If you're a Jays fan, should you read at all into what Jim Bowden, former MLB GM, had to say about the matter and the fact that he's yeah. leaning towards Vladdy? And, yeah. and, and kudos to you for cashing out the bet, because people like Jim Bowden are starting to think, hey, Vlad- Vladdy's got a shot here. Then maybe, maybe the we've seen minus 5,000 odds for Shohei Otani basically all season long to right. win the MVP. Right. And that still hasn't changed, right. regardless of what Vadi has done the last couple weeks. So, unfortunately for Jays fan, it's a, it's a jam done, right? I was getting enough on the, vla- on the payout for mm-hmm. Shohei. That, a humble brag. That, a humble brag. No, that I was going mm. to cash it out because Vladi was making me nervous. That's, that's the honest truth. I still think Shohei is the MVP. But I cashed out the bet because Vladdy was making me nervous. Uh, I'm sure that there are a few Jays fans nervous about what's going on in Seattle. As of right now, Rafael Devers at the plate, top of the eighth, tied at three. Uh, There is two out. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. And remember, at the top of the hour, we've got the Yankees and the Orioles full game for you. So we'll continue to keep our eye on this game as it's gone to three and two. We'll come back, update you on what's going on, and then, of course, take you to the Yankees and the Orioles. The full Tim and Friends postgame show continues next right here on Sportsnet. Sportsnet 360. Jesse, not going to lie, this might be one of the most fun post games I've ever done because of the ability to live look in on yeah. the Red Sox and the Mariners, taking to the Yankees and the Orioles. Just so you know, uh, there was a walk and a catcher's interference that put two on in the top of the eighth for the Red Sox, but Mariners got out of it. We remain tied at three, heading now to the bottom of this. the eighth. You love oh, it. Absolutely, yeah. positively you love can tell. You can uh, tell. Top of the hour, Yankees and Orioles coming your way. So we have the countdown clock on. Luca writes in and says, hey, when did you bet on MLB MVP? And uh, just to separate my shoulder, patting myself on the back, <laughs> I bet Shohei Otani to win the MVP before the season yeah, started. Yeah. 25 to 1. <laughs> 
The only thing I wish, I had to put a little bit more on it. It doesn't everybody. Yes. I had Ray uh, over seven and a half Ks today. Oh, which nice. I thought was the, the easiest. Yeah. A little bit of a... Like, all the guy does is have double-digit strikeout games, and the Ray strike out a ton, so like, put two and two together, boom, there you go. George Gervin going to the team with a little finger little roll finger layout. Very nice. You know what I'm yeah, he invented about? that, didn't he? Take it. Uh, okay, just a couple tweets before we get to last call. Um, Doug Gilmore saw the Bo Bichette tweet that we tweeted out a little bit earlier. Okay. Bo's up to 93 RBI this season, and Dougie, nice. killer, writing in, congrats, Bo, nice number of RBIs. Uh, by cool. the way, I'm with Dougie. Dougie. I will, will never, Dougie, love you, and I'll never let go of RBIs either. Yes. I don't care what anyone says. Yes. He has 93 RBIs. Yeah, nice. Well, you got to relay that to the digital team because we went RBI. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy also said, uh, I will be using the saying, son of a bichette all the time. Take it run with it, Tracy. Which is exactly the line that you were going to use a second time and laid off. <laughs> Man, I laid off. Uh, all right, let's get to some last call. As mentioned, Yankees and Orioles coming up next on Sportsnet. Labor Torres will make his third straight start at second base for the Yankees. Torres has been struggling at the plate and in the field, so Aaron Boone moved him from shortstop to second in an effort to take some pressure off of the 24-year-old. Gio Urshela has been moved to shortstop and DJ LeMayhew to third. Okay. As Joel Sherman wrote in the New York Post, the Yankees have gone from playing Torres out of position to playing two others out of position to keep him in the lineup. Right. Is that worth it for a guy who's batting 250 on the year? Yeah, this becomes the absolute definition of wins above replacement. Right? Like you are literally attempting to find out what is the difference between him and whatever else you could put in there. Mm -hmm. And I think what you've got is Aaron Boone saying he still gives me yes. wins above replacement. And that's why he's going to stay in the lineup. But it's a wonderful question and one that I will ponder as I watch the Yankees and the Orioles tonight. Though I will say this. It looks like the Yankees may have a leg up right now. Yeah, but it, 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 with Glaber Torres, it feels like you're also banking on what he could do. Right. Well, not what he's what he, currently doing. Or what doing, he should do. Or what, but what he should do. Right. And, and as you're getting closer towards the playoffs, you need the contribution from him. So you'd want to keep him in the lineup. That's probably what Boone is thinking. Uh, let's go to the Baltimore Orioles, who have the worst record in baseball this season. No kidding. That's been reflected in their attendance recently. Oh in fact, God, last yeah. week, they set the record for lowest attendance at Camden Yards when fewer than 5,000 fans showed up for two of their games against the Royals. If those are the numbers they're announcing. How many people are actually there? If, if you are a fan of the Baltimore Orioles, you need a hug. I'm sorry. Like, you need a big I, The Chris Davis fiasco of them trotting out a player day after day after day because they paid him money is enough to send. That's why no one goes to those games. Can you imagine that the team that you root for would refuse to replace, speaking of wins over replacement, they would refuse to replace a guy who was no longer good simply because they gave him money. It is among the cheapest things that I have seen in the history of sports, at least in the last 20 years where they're making millions oh, and yeah. millions. I don't know how you're a fan of the Baltimore. Well, at what point, I don't. At what point does this become a problem for Major League Baseball? Because they've been this bad for a while now. It is a problem for Major League Baseball, but they've got a few. They've got one there. They've got one in Tampa where they have a good team and nobody goes. And they got one in Miami. You know the Jays, even with Dunedin, Buffalo, and Toronto capped at 15,000, have a higher average attendance than the Miami Marlins? Yeah, 
And the Jays are looking at those attendance numbers and saying, hey, we'll, we'll take an extra few thousand. Uh, that was a Rafael Devers throwing error. Yes, nice. Way. One on, one out one on, for one Kyle out. Seager at love, the dish. Love having this in the back. It's yes. amazing. Uh, the Dodgers are headed to the playoffs for the ninth straight season. They clinched a postseason spot last night with a win over the Diamondbacks. LA is two and a half games back of San Francisco in the NL West, but the Dodgers remain the betting favorites to win the World Series. Should they be? <laughs> um, I know what you're saying, but yes. They've been there, they've done that. I think they have currently, and you can correct me if you go to the Google machine and figure it out, they have a 17 game lead in the wild card. Like, a 17 game, like the Jays, the Yay, they're all separated by a half a game. And in the National League, because the Dodgers are so good, they've got a 17 game lead in the wild card as we speak. I think because they've been there and they've done that, and there's obviously a few more Dodgers fans and there are many others fans, that's going to lower the rate for any better. But I think it's because of what they have, if healthy, and what those guys have been there and done before. 17 game in the wild card. No, that's right. 17 Is game it? in the wild card. Yeah. <laughs> 17 game lead yeah. in the wild card. Could they win 100 and be the wild card? Team? Yeah, I mean, they're right. hot right now. They won five in a row. Run differential, 242. Yeah, 93 wins. 93 wins. So they could be a 100-game winner and be the wild card. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like the Jays are slowly moving up the World Series odds boards, too. Think about that, though. So you win 100 games. You'll face, what, like an 82-win team in the, like, an 82-win team in the wild card. And it's one game you could go out. I, I'm sure there's people that don't like that. Uh, that's a oh, conversation a for another yeah. day, but you win 100 games and it's a one-game basically coin flip. Mm -hmm. So that's tough. Uh, okay, it's been a remarkable season. We just talked about it for Shohei Otani. And today, he was named to Time Magazine's annual list of the 100 most influential people of 2021. Other athletes on the list include Naomi Osaka, Tom Brady, sprinter Allison Felix, and gymnasts Simone Biles and Sinisa Lee. If he wins the Triple Crown and the Jays make the playoffs, should Vladimir Guerrero Jr. replace Otani on this list? Just set you up <laughs> so, there, big so forget the MVP. Should he replace him on the 100 most influential? I think it's Shohei Otani's like global appeal right now is high. But what I love about baseball in this moment right now is there's a bunch of players that have that kind of appeal. And it's not just Shohei or Vladdy. It's Tatis and beyond. It's Soto. I mean, wait till you get to the postseason and you start seeing some of these guys in this spot. It is, uh, it is a wonderful time for baseball. And like I said off the start, not only are there 2015 feels, 2015 vibes to this Toronto Blue Jays team, you basically now have a 16 game stretch of playoffs. If you stretch it out over the last little while, it might have been a 25 game playoff stretch for the Toronto Blue Jays. I said it yesterday at the start of the show, the best thing to do when it's raining is let it rain. This is wonderful for all baseball fans right now. No question. Yeah. I, listen, what a day for the Toronto Blue Jays. Like we're, this yeah. is, it's just, we're on such a high here as we follow the Toronto Blue Jays and to be able to do this post-game show, riding off the high that the Jays provided us, yep. the winning bet, Robbie Ray, not a big deal. 
<laughs> your bet, you cashed out, right. so you're all money. It's just we're riding a high here on Tim and Friends. Uh, it's fun. Uh, Red Sox and Mariners. Uh, pitching change right now. Bottom of the eighth, two out, one on for the Mariners. So we can keep an eye on the ticker for the very latest, as we used to say at the score. But coming up next, John Means will try and get out in front of the New York Yankees as they take on each other at Camden Yards. Michael Kay, the Yes Network broadcast, will have the call. Nestor Cortez Jr., John Means, next.